that shit. Is it going? Boom. We got Anchor fucking rolling. Nice. We got YouTube for this live stream. We got YouTube for this live stream. Let's get it. Let's get it. What up, Marcos? Was good. Cool. We're going live on YouTube. Bam. Now we got that shit running. Bam. Let's get it. Okay, cool. Now we're going to go live here. Facebook. Run that shit. Run that. Run that. What's up? What's up? Boom. Three, two, one. Facebook's fucking live. So we got Anchor, YouTube. Dude, we out here right now. Okay, cool. So like every everything literally. Oh, and I got to start Twitch. My bad. Start streaming for Twitch. Cool. Connecting. Just got to make sure that's fucking running. So I got one of my students that's hitting me up right now for a problem that he's going through. And it's really interesting because I can tell right away just from reading the question specifically that he does not nearly have the aggressive amount of abundance that he needs in his life. And it. It's interesting how like I see this as such a problem for people. It, it literally freaks me out because like, um, oh, that's interesting. Uh, my stream keeps having an issue for me to, all right, well, fuck it. We'll have to just roll somewhere else. Maybe just start recording for this one. Okay, cool. I can just, yeah, that'll work. We'll just record. All right. It's really interesting. You know, um, something that I've been like kind of thinking about, especially because like, like, for those of you guys who don't know, I have, qu- I have quite a lot of students, either the students that I currently have on my Rolodex or students that I've worked with in the past. And what's really interesting is like I kind of see a lot of common patterns um, between the stages and where like, you know, people will get to when they start getting initial results. And then the place that they will get to where um, they start getting, uh, the, I hate the word stifled, but they start getting, um, they start lacking the progression. And it's just because of the fact that they really don't know what to do next. And they really should just kind of go back to the methodology that they, they were taught from because that's where all of the, the magic that happens um, that they're doing really, it comes from that. So um, I think I really want to kind of like cover today having aggressive abundance. And to me, I don't think enough people really get why they need aggressive abundance. Like women naturally know what it's like to be in an abundant situation. They are naturally in an abundant situation where they have so many men. They've got so many social circles. They've got so many funnels kicking over where like men are hitting on them. So like, let's just think about life for a woman, right? Just in general, let's just think about this. A woman literally, she doesn't really have to necessarily do much to have aggressive abundance. She All she has to do is just sit there. By virtue of being a woman, a woman doesn't really need to approach to have aggressive abundance in her life. Now, if she gets into a business, she most definitely now has to like, she's in a different situation where she's got to build that pipeline and have a full pipeline. But if this is just strategically for dating, a woman just sits there and if she's remotely pretty, she will build a fucking audience. She will build a faster social media audience, a social media presence and a list faster than any male just because of the fact that she is pretty. Those males may want to have sex or they may not buy from her. But like when you look at it from like a commiserate level of dating, like there are going to be so many guys that are going to slide in her DMs. Just dudes will take more risks to be able to do that than if, if the situation was inverse. So like look at the – if a girl makes a Tinder profile, she makes an okay Cupid profile. If she has a Facebook profile, Instagram, Snapchat, there are so many dudes that she will meet out that will add her. People will randomly add her. They will see her shit and they will start sliding up in those DMs. So what's crazy about it is like if you think about it from that perspective, you can literally see – like life for a woman, most males will never understand what that type of aggressive um, pre-selection really looks like 
they'll never really understand what the social proof really is like for a woman until they have that same amount of aggressive pre-selection. And like for the guys who don't have this, what's up, brother? For the guys that don't have aggressive pre-selection, like I hear guys talk about like abundance mentality and they're like intellectually pontificating about it. But they will they really don't understand what life is like for a woman because they're they're not in their shoes. Until guys get the same pre-selection that women naturally tend to get from males. When they tend to naturally like if males got that aggressive level of social proof that a woman naturally gets, their whole mindset would shift on how to approach them, would shift on how they would see them, would shift on how they would game them because they start realizing how much more competitive the marketplace actually is for these girls. So like when I hear guys say, oh, like tens go to your regular bars, I'm like, bro, I, I, I know that they just don't get it. I know that they, they, they cannot put themselves in the shoe of an attractive woman. They've never dated really attractive girls because if they did and they just like for a minute really looked at their girlfriend's DMs, and they looked at their girlfriend's online dating profiles. Like there's a girl I'm literally talking to right now. And um, she just talked about like the aggressive amount of times that she is hit on by males. And how awkward it is for her to meet some like to actually meet somebody fucking normal is so weird for her. And I thought it was really funny because I'm just like, wow, what the fuck? Like, like even for this girl, like this girl, like she so she used to model. And we were talking about like what that life was like for her. And it's just like for like for them, like being hit on is just it's just it's just apparent. So like they've got these huge fucking guards up when they come to meeting people because they're like they're expecting people to be weird as shit all the time. They're expecting people to not get into be socially uncalibrated. That is just part of life for women. Like I could ask my ex-girlfriend today, be like, yo, so like from the time that you were like Broke up with your boyfriend until now. Like, how many new dudes have you had hitting you up that you haven't had to really try for or do shit for? Because she's a relatively super fucking attractive girl. And it's funny because, like, this is my ex-girlfriend. Like, I chose her because she was gorgeous. Like, I'm ex- I'm kind of I'm kind of a snob. Like, if a girl is not 5'9", I'm not interested in fucking talking to her. That's just how it is. Um, and I like models. I have, like, a real thing for, like, high-status girls. So... It's just interesting because, like, I know that these girls get hit on. Like, the dudes that roll up in their DMs, it's just, like, aggressive. Like, if the girl clicks the unblur at least once, she's fucked. And because most of all my friends are very attractive girls, these are things I have a lot of conversations with them on. I'm always asking them, like, yo, you know, what is it like for you as a girl? Like, you know, what is it like for you when you get into a relationship versus when you become single? Like, what is the mindset like? People are like, why do you ask these girls that? Like, because... The easiest way to be able to broker commonalities and to understand the way that she sees the world is specifically by putting yourself in the infrastructure and the lifestyle that she is specifically in. Yo, what's up? What's up? And you say, yeah, my homegirls say there's a lot of, uh, my homegirls say this a lot. Um, They only see me as the only cool guy, but there's a lot of cool guys. Well, here's the thing. Like the reason that the girl says you're the only cool guy is because you're the only normal guy that isn't trying to fuck her. Like that's that like I'm not trying to say like that's that's a bad thing, but it's just really like girls are like girls are very, very wary and sketchy. It is hard for girls to make a cool guy friend because all of their guy friends are trying to hit. Like if they have a boyfriend, dudes are literally just like, yo, what's up? And they are trying to get in their pants so quick and so aggressively. Like 
as a straight male, we will never know what this feels like until we go to a gay club. And then even then, we only have a small taste of what that feels like. We would have to, like, for the next 19 to 20 years of our life, have such aggressive pre-selection to really know what that feels like. I have been in those situations. It's really uncomfortable. I understand a little bit more. I'm not saying I'm 100% perfect, but like being, being coming from the background of being a nightclub promoter, I very much understand how uncomfortable it becomes to have somebody so aggressively trying to fuck you and you are saying no in the most polite way because you don't want to be rude. And you were literally just like, this is very awkward. This is really uncomfortable. I wish that they would stop being this aggressive. And I didn't really know what that was like until I was put in the situation. And then I had so much more empathy for girls being a bitch because I was like, I would be a fucking bitch too if I dealt with this shit every fucking day. And I was told the same annoying, stupid fucking lines from people that they think. And they're just like, just give me a chance. I'm just normal. And I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, why is everyone so fucking weird? Like, that's how I would feel. Because I see it just when I, I see it just when I hang with my female friends and I see how like dudes will hang, walk up to them and like hit on them and like ignore me. And in my head, I'm just like, are you serious? Like, you're really going to be that fucking retarded right now. You're going to ignore me, and I'm her friend, and I have weight in this girl's life, and she cares about what I think. I could easily destroy what you're doing because you just did some socially unintelligent shit to basically say, hey, guess what? Like, you don't fucking matter, So I'm, you know, and what I want is the girl. Like, you made it really obvious to me and to her that you want her, and unless you are her physical type, she's not going to comply like that. Second, even if she is, because she probably has so many options of guys that look just like you, who she's no longer, who are much cooler, who have the cosign from her friends. Why the fuck would she come for this random guy? Like, I really want guys to like to think about that for a minute. Why would a girl date a random dude that she does not know when she can date someone who's cool that her friends cosign and they trust, which is safer for the girl? Let's just think about that for a minute. Like the cosign is much safer for the girl. It's much safer for her to date someone who her friends all know, like, and trust, who all think is cool, who all think is normal. It is much harder for her to date you when she doesn't know you. Because there's social backlash. Like, I really want you to think about that for a minute. Like, one of the guys that tuned in here, um, he's my old student of mine. And well, his 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 current wife, interestingly enough, uh, when she was uh, when they were like first talking, she talked about like she sent his text messages to her girlfriends to see what they thought. And he was like, I'm so cool. I'm so glad that my texts were neutral and I didn't do anything fucking weird or I'd have been fucked in that situation. I'm like, yeah, because once she showed those friends that text message, if you had done something odd or strange or fucking weird, you'd have been blown out. Because girls will always go by the third-party cosign of their fucking friend groups. Always. You got to think about it like like she has no – like think about it for like what it's like to be a girl, right? She doesn't have any idea. Are you a rapist? Are you a stalker? Are you cool? Like, like are you going to molest her or rape her if she like starts to make out with you and, and she says no because maybe she's not feeling it? Like are you going to be that guy that pushes too hard and like tries to like rape her? That's a real problem for a girl. She has to really think about that and weigh up those options, right? So like most guys are like, I need to build attraction. No, you need to build comfort. Like, and I'm going to think about this situation. I was on the phone last night, right? Met a new girl or whatever. 
she really likes me. I can just tell right away. I'm like her physical type. She's punching above her weight. I'm punching beneath my weight. So she's investing a lot. So because of that, one of the things I caught, I'm like, okay, this girl deems me as attractive. I need to be building rapport. I do not need to be like breaking rapport. I don't need to be doing anything really funny. I just need to be like allowing her to talk and to ask more about her and build commonalities and build similarities. Why? Because she already deems me as attractive. By being creating more attraction does not help me get her on the date. Does not help her trust me. And anything, it makes her think I'm a fucking player because I'm a little too smooth. I'm a little too funny. So like I need to like show a certain level of vulnerability and I need to create a real deep emotional connection with her to make her feel safe. Why? Because let's just think about this as for life as a woman. There are so many people that are funny. There's so many people she can spend her time with. There's She's got a finite amount of time of where she can specifically spend every moment of every day. Why the fuck should she spend it with you? What makes you special that she needs to spend the, the, the excess time that she has left that she has not invested into work or this job that she hates? Why should she invest it into you? What makes you such a special snowflake? And this is like the, the height of arrogance as human beings that we think that we are different and that we are special. And it's like, no, you're not. Like, if you're a young dude, you haven't really worked on yourself to that degree to really be that valuable. You don't really have that many social lines or social connections. You don't really have that much experience with women either. You really don't know anything about relationships or sex. Like, there's so much you just don't know because you just lack experience. You're just, you're, you're, you're a youth. Like, I'm pretty sure most of the guys that are tuned in here if you were to think about yourself in your younger days, if you were to compare your younger self to where you are now, I bet you if you legitimately thought about how much farther that you've come, all the things that you know that would be that are true, if you think about all the things, um, experiences that you've had, and you could go back and fix some things from the past, I bet you'd be like, I would slay on girls now with the shit that I know now in comparison to the past. Bet. Would love to hear more about triggering investment. Yeah, for sure. I got that. I definitely love talking about investment. That's my favorite topic in the absolute world. Um, so here's what it really comes down to. Like investment, they're there, they're really just four types of investment. You got physical investment, you got emotional emotional investment, you got monetary investment. I need to blow my nose because this is hold on. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get good on this. Wow. My nose is dripping. I don't know why you haven't done that. East Coast with the allergies. I know, man. What's going? You're not in the desert anymore. <laughs> I know, bro. I've never had so many allergies. I've never had so many allergies until I came to New York. Also, you got sick, which is literally what happens when everyone moves to New York. You will get like if you come to New York and you're from somewhere else, we're like, bro. I got like, like two weeks back to back. The fucking the germs here are insane. On the plus side, your immune system is better now. Well, because I'm like living in fucking harsh. <laughs> It's like you're living in a harsh climate environment. Yes, exactly. Okay, so we're going to talk about investment in like business situations as well. Uh, so not just dating, and, um, but in social and business events. So you got four types of investment, right? So I want you to go ahead and write this down. You've got monetary investment. You got physical investment. You got emotional investment. And you got time. Time is always going to be your winner because they can spend their time absolutely with anybody, right? Time is the most scarce resource on the planet. So the more of it that you can accumulate from this person, the better that you're going to do. Um, from a, from more of an emotional side, it's really simple. The more that you can get this person to talk about the deep aspects of their life, you cannot always keep it positive. A lot of people tend to fuck up with this 
or what they will do is they want to keep the whole interaction positive the whole time. And I get that. I understand that you want to keep it positive for the happy chemical response, right? But here's the problem. The problem is, is that by keeping it positive the whole time, um, you don't really make a real connection with them because you are just hitting the same surface level of rapport that everyone else is hit with them. So one of my favorite things is to like ask a girl about like their worst relationships and particularly the relationships that hurt them the most. What those relationships taught them, um, how did they grow as a person, what did they feel like in those situations. I like to ask them about like times when they were molested. I like to ask them about times when they were cheated on and they were at their lowest in their life. What's been the lowest point of their life? What's been the worst day of their life? Why was it the worst day? What has been the worst dating experience they've ever had? What were the lessons they took away from it? Who was the person that hurt them the most? Who was the person that like, um, what were the biggest defining moments in their life? Who had the greatest impact on their life and why they have that impact? Um, what are, what's, the, what's the biggest thing that they're ashamed about? What is the thing that they fear the most? Why do they fear that thing? Who do they love most in their family? Why does that person mean the most to them? Um, what was the first time they ever fell in love? Why didn't it last? What were their best and worst relationships? What did they take away from those interactions? What did they learn? How did they grow? Um, what, uh, what is their, their, their greatest ambition in life? What's like their, their uh, primary goal? What keeps them going every single day and motivated to do the thing that, um, that makes them go to work every single day? What would they do if they don't like that instead? Um, anything that initially has built character, any type of like looking at their past and like going into the pain of their past and the trauma. So like these were things um, I've started focusing on so heavy for such a long time because I started seeing that like all the other service level commonalities, I'd make a friend, but like I never made the girl fall in love because you gotta remember like investment is psychologically, it's meant to make a psychological bond with someone that they've never had with anyone else. Like this is what we start considering like love triggering because at this point, like you're going so deep with this person that you effectively are like becoming in that person's mind a soulmate. You're becoming a soul friend because they are telling you things they've never told anybody. Like I asked someone about one of their just earlier this morning about one of the worst things that happened to me. And I said, they said, oh, I actually do mine because it was really uncomfortable for them. So then I realized I need to back up because um, from foot from face in the door technique, what I asked, the compliance request was way too big and she didn't want to answer that question. So I know what I need to do is like um, backpedal, ask something smaller build a lot of rapport around that and then go back into that big, deep statement that I was asking about. And then just like, so like she told me, no, no worries, back off, build it up, build it up, build it up, build it up. Then ask for the big thing again. She tells me reward it tremendously. Then keep asking for bigger and bigger requests. At some point you should be asking for such big compliance requests that the girl actually stops you. Like where you should be getting resistance is not physically. You should be getting um, resistance from adding, asking for things specifically that are too personal for her like she's like like you should be asking for things that like a little bit like almost like freak her out because like she doesn't want to go that deep with somebody just yet that she just met and your job is to literally ask about that and keep pushing to find those things out because once she tells you those deep things the deep parts about her soul and her psyche this is when like this like there everything else in game means fucking zero the breaks in rapport like like, like straight up real game is deep qualification and keeping it sexual. I'm talking about you were sitting there and like, she is getting so emotional, so worked up. Like, this is what real game looks like. This, like everything else that you see and like in the videos 
It looks funny. It looks cool. But you should be sitting there in a corner going deep as fuck with this girl, asking her about, like, if she was a cutter, when she used to cut herself, and the thoughts she used to think when she cut herself. And, like, when she felt low, what was she thinking, and why is she still here? Like, if you feel that low about yourself, like, what made you not kill yourself? Like, people were like, that's fucked up. Why would you ask that? Because that's the real game. That's the real shit. You're asking her about shit that, like, nobody else has ever talked about with this person. And those are the things that, like, those are the things that mold character. And if she tells you that, that's when you got a real fucking connection. You will start to see this. After you have done those types of things, she starts to like lean in near you. She starts to touch you more. She starts to reach out to you because she's connected with you and you've made her feel so fucking vulnerable that like she wants comfort because of the fact she just bore her fucking soul to someone she does not know. And now because she's done that from a chemical association, she has made a friend and made a connection that is rarer than blood. This is where you should be focusing on. That's primarily the thing. Like, if when you when you really see me like on, what you will see me doing is I'll be talking with someone, and it'll be such a deep connection that like somebody will walk in and the person doesn't even look off to the left because they are so focused and so concerned on this connection of where they are at right now. And the only thing I'm using qualification for is specifically to point out serendipity, to point out how rare of an opportunity this is, to point out how um how spontaneous and how serendipitous and how it's just so rare to connect with somebody like this. How it's it's very, um, it's not often that you can find that one person that just really understands you at the deepest parts of yourself and they just really gets who you are. Because if she's agreeing to that, now psychologically in her mind, I'm creating a Romeo and Juliet type of situation where she is starting to fall in love with me. Whether I'm talking to a CEO or whether I'm talking to a girl, if I can dive deep into their fucking psyche and find out the things that they don't want to tell people, now I've got an edge. Now I'm going to stand out in this person's mind more than anybody else. And what happens is that's when you start making people really fucking chase you. Because now they feel like they're going to chase the friendship because of the fact that that bond is so rare, it's so novel, that... They don't feel like they're going to have it with anybody else. And the moment that they see that that being threatened by somebody else from the outside coming to take it, now they're going to chase the fucking fight, uh, fight to get it and to keep it. This is what real game looks like. Real game is like this right here. This The chunk of the mid game where you literally just sit there and you are going through like, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not very fun. It's very, very deep. And when you get there, I tell people, don't play with this type of shit unless you're using it on a girl you really like. Because if you're using on a girl that you don't fucking like, she will fall for you. They're like, this is the type of shit that makes crazy people. Like, I have literally had girls that, like, I went this deep with and they would call me for, like, six weeks afterwards. And would literally be like, oh, my God, like, so when are we going to hang out again? And I was just like, God damn, this girl's chasing fucking hard. Um, I literally, you'll literally see girls do this. Like, they'll call you and they're like, oh, what's up? They're just like, oh, I just wanted to hear your voice. Like, they'll start saying shit like they've got this huge crush on you. Because you've asked them about things that legitimately bring them sorrow and bring them pain. And by them telling you that, like they feel vulnerable because like, like I want you to think about this as a guy. If you, have you ever had a conversation where like you told some of your biggest secrets that you've never told even your closest friends. And then after you told that person that you really feel like, fuck, I feel super vulnerable right now. 
Like you feel like you could be taken advantage of because you know you just told way too fucking much and you can't go back. You know what that's like. I want you to imagine what that's like for a girl now. If you can get her to that place, can you imagine how she feels about you? She's feeling fucking scared and she's feeling slightly in limbo. And this is when like you reward her for her telling you those deep things because she didn't tell them to anybody else. Like, but once you do this type of shit, I want you to remember that she's going to now see you as like, she's going to one, want to be intimate with you. Two, she's for sure going to want to date you. Like, yeah, it's deep, bro. Like, that's real game. Like, this is the shit, like, you didn't see me talking about in the group because like everything else was just fluff. This is like deep level qualification. And like, that's where I want to get to with a girl. Because if I can do that, there's nobody that's blowing my game out. I don't give a fuck how good looking you are. Bro, when I've made that type of connection, that girl ain't going nowhere. She's literally just like, yo, fuck off. I'm enjoying this conversation. Like she will push her friends out of the way and you, her friends will see she really fucking likes that guy. Goddamn. She's like spending two, three hours with them talking. And like when like the best thing you can do, like, you know, when a girl likes you, when she's on the phone with you and she's talking to you until she falls asleep because she just wants to connect with you like that because you hit something that you hit. A, you psychologically hit something that's novel to her and you made a connection that you have not made with anybody else. And that is my favorite thing to do. Like, this is why I can get into open relationships and like dudes be like, oh, how'd you date this girl? I'm like, bro, I just like could like went deep into her fucking psyche and fleshed out everything about who she was. So let's get into the Q, like to the Q&A part, right? We were talking about abundance and shit. Let's, let's make this shit hella valuable for you guys by just strictly going into like straight up fucking Q&A that you guys can use. I got to check the time. Okay, I'm at 25 minutes. Okay, cool. So we can just do straight up 25 minutes of like, straight up just um um just straight up uh q a i gotta fucking do this shit i gotta do more uh, i gotta end this live on facebook and go back to live again that's fucking frustrating that's really frustrating let me do this shit again i hate this shit let's see let me go back to fucking is there any questions specifically that you guys have that you want to go ahead and answer, like, get me to answer while I'm here? Because, like, I can really go in depth on a lot of different shit. Boop, 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 boop. Wait for questions to pop up in the chat. See what's popping up for YouTube. Oh, shit, that's funny. So I got to do that shit again. Cool, cool, cool. Would love to hear about how to find mentors. So the first thing I got to ask you like right away is that like you got to first like try to think about the type of mentor specifically that you were trying to find. You have to let you have to find mint. You have to think about like, like it always comes back down to like what type of lifestyle you're trying to build. Right. And because of the fact that you're trying to specifically like find a specific lifestyle, the only thing you need to be focusing on is this. Like, okay, cool. This is the type of lifestyle that I want. Here's the type of mentors that are going to be able to help me to get there. And then you start sourcing through those people. Like once you know what type of social circle that you're trying to build, it's easy to find mentors. So like for me, right, when I was trying to do the whole model thing, I was like, I need to meet, be friends with like other um, agents, bookers, scouts, other model promoters. I need to make friends with like fashion photographers, 
because I knew that like those people could effectively mentor me on all those different topics, which would effectively know how, teach me how to be able to date and hang out with models. So for you being in business, who are like who are the top guys in those spaces or in those fields that can literally mentor you, that will take you underneath their wing? Where do they hang out at? Who are the where the, who are the people that they align with from a social circle perspective? Okay, um, so like where do they hang out at? What do they dress like? What do they care about? What do they find is valuable? Who are the people that are around them that influence them? How do you and then how do you directly get at find them at a place where they are chilling, they are relaxing, and they are not doing shit? So then that way you can literally connect with them there. That's how I when I'm looking for mentors, I reverse engineer who like who that archetype of that person is. What do they value? Who are their social alignments? Who influences them? What do they dress like? What the, what conversation topics do they care about? Where would I find them? Where they won't be in social proof? So where I like, where can I find them chilling and hanging out? Where where would that like crew hang out at? What would be the local place they'd all go to? Right? Um, how can I initially add value to them? Where do they get? The network gap is very big. I can't even get into some of the events or memberships. Okay, here's the first thing. You should be looking into LinkedIn. You should be looking super heavily into LinkedIn. Like I see too many guys, they're not using LinkedIn outreach at all to like network with people at all. Like I'm very big on LinkedIn. I put a lot of my content actually now on LinkedIn because I actually saw how effective and how beneficial it specifically was for finding the people that I wanted to network with and to meet. I can type up a list of every single person that works at the Butter Group and I can see all of their GMs, all their CEOs, and then I can like reach out and connect with that person. Then once I connect with them, I can send them a message. Say if that was some bottle buyer that I met at the club that night or say it was someone that was a GM or uh, a uh, uh, someone I specifically connected with that was a door staff and I recognize their face and I, I click, uh, click connect and then I connect with that person and then I send them a few messages back and forth and say thank you. Because I'm on LinkedIn, from a contextual way, they see me, uh, they're able to see the amount of value that I have because maybe they see my content, maybe they see my articles and they see them on those platforms. Now I'm, I'm in a different light than how they would see me. Even if I get in, I don't know how to convert those connections to opportunities and financial gains. Okay, so here's what you're doing. 